Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. God this morning, if he will, to minister the word in our heart and our lives and let the presence of the Holy Ghost just do a work here today. He can do more in just a few moments. He can do more with just one touch than any of us could ever, ever hope to accomplish with our own abilities and or strengths. This has been a turbulent week. To say the to, to say the least, for several families in our church this morning, that's not just a figurative statement, but it has been literally a turbulent week, and uh, we're thankful that uh, you're here. And if nothing else has been underlined in our heart and lives the last couple of days, we do understand the value of power in our lives. <laughs> we need the power. We need the power. And uh, it's easy to take something so significant for granted, isn't it? Until you lose it all, and then you realize the significance of that. Um, Many, many, if not most all, were affected with some power outages and at least to some degree uh, a mess to clean up. And uh, that is not to say that we haven't survived larger storms even as a state or... Uh, even us collectively, we've survived much greater storms, and uh, but we are reminded in a moment of time the power of Mother Nature and just how quickly life can change. I uh, Friday morning, my wife and I were sitting outside, and and uh, I, the sun began to try to make its way through the clouds, and I told her, I said, you know, thankfully, uh, thankfully. Everything is intact, but it would all be the same if our house was just leveled to the foundation. That the storm is past, the birds are singing, the sun is shining, almost as though nothing happened. And yet all around us there's carnage and, and a reminder that there had been a storm. All throughout the day Friday we were uh, receiving various text messages and phone calls and different things. And many of those were asking, did you survive the storm? Did you survive the storm? When I was thinking about that this morning, I was reminded of a song that Brother Mike Wilson wrote. I think shared this at least in part before, but he wrote a song entitled, I Survived the Storm. This message has, this song rather has a personal message in it for he and his family. They had a, a daughter born several years ago um, with some very, very serious Issues and it has been issues. They've been issues that have carried over into her adult life. She's had many surgeries as an end result of that. And uh, he wrote a song entitled "I Survived the Storm." And if you'll just permit me, I want to read you the verses and the chorus. 
It says, I was sailing in my vessel on the sea of life. Never thought there was a question I would reach the other side. Then from out of nowhere, I was in a blinding rain. My ship was going under until I called on Jesus' name. The chorus says, I survived the storm. I know I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Lord. He held me in his arms while I survived the storm. The second verse says, no matter what your storm may be, sickness, pain, or sorrow, we must never forget the promise of tomorrow. The sun is going to shine again. The clouds will have to flee because I called upon his name while down on bended knees. And so we can find ourselves in the lyric of that song that we have indeed survived the storm and God held us in that. And today, I just want to talk a little bit about not necessary to play off of any, any recent wounds, but I just want to talk about the storms of life. I'm thankful for the sustaining hand of God. I, I'm so thankful that we have the power of prayer and that on our side. I, I think uh, Brother Jerry Herndon summarized it well the other evening when he spoke about how that the Holy Ghost can deliver us from sin but it doesn't deliver us from life. We still have mountains to climb and valleys to crawl through and, and seasons of, of marked uncertainty that we uh, often wonder if we're ever going to find the other side. It doesn't deliver us from life, but it does keep us in life, preserve us. I think about the prayer of Jabez. I know that for many, the prayer of Jabez is just about prosperity and things of that nature, and Jabez is in his prayer requesting that, that God would bless him. He says in his prayer that your hand would be upon my life and that you would bless me and that you would increase my coast or enlarge my border. But as I've said many times, I think the most important part of the prayer of Jabez is his final request. And his final request is that he would be kept or preserved from the evil of this present world. And so we can ask for all of these other things, but if we don't ask God to preserve us from the evil of this present world, he doesn't keep us from it, but if you can just preserve us in it, then what a, what a great prayer that would be answered on, on our behalf. And so I'm thankful for the sustaining hand of God that keeps us as we survive various storms in life. The Apostle Paul wrote about similar things that he faced in his life in ministry. And of course, it would be almost impossible to talk about going through storms of life without examining once again just various portions of the Apostle Paul's life. What a, what a tremendous encourager he is because we must always remember that Paul most of the time was writing from the platform of extreme pain and, and, and peril in his life. It was, not, uh, it was not in some guarded, protected, preserved, or insulated, nor isolated environment. But Paul wrote great and wonderful truths that hold us, sustain us, encourage us, impart life and strength into our lives. And all of that was born, much of that was born through storms in his life. And so in 2 Corinthians 1 and 8, Paul says, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble 
which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. If we go to that same book, chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 and 10, what a, um, what a passage of scripture this is that resonates in our life. We've heard this many times, read it many times. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And so Paul says, in essence, I have been there. And God has helped me through these things in my life. And he ends his life and and ministry with that pressing and that looking forward, that, uh, that focus. And so I say, Lord, help me in the midst of the storm not to lose that capacity to be able to hold on to you even though storms around me seem to gain the upper hand at times. There's not a person in this building that hasn't faced a storm and some storms of great magnitude in our lives. Some have faced literal storms um, where we have been tried and tested and tempted in literal ways and yet uh, others of us have faced spiritual storms Sometimes, and for some, that may be in your past. Maybe it's just far enough in your yesterdays that you can remember that. But some may be currently in the storm, a surge of trouble. But that's nothing new to God's people. It has always been from the beginning of time that we find that man is a few days, a few days, Job said, and full of trouble, facing moments. But more importantly, sometimes we're facing seasons of uncertainty. We don't know that at the time. Sometimes we can assess the situation and realize that uh, this is a momentary thing and others, we look at it and we realize that this is not going to end in a day, week, month, or perhaps even a year, but we have no way to measure the storm on this side of it. But we say, God, we know this is nothing new to your people and you have protected and preserved and you have upheld with your hand of righteousness. You have strengthened and imparted and you have stabilized steps all throughout time and you're not a respecter of person. So today I'm calling upon you and I'm asking you to touch me as though you have touched others throughout scripture and even uh, more recently history of names, men and women that we may even know personally that God has sustained them through what we thought would be enough ordinarily to crush them. The Bible is filled with the stories of lives who found themselves in trouble. The three Hebrew children faced their fiery furnace. It was not something they could avoid. It was not something that God had a workaround situation. They went to the furnace, but he kept them there. Daniel had his den of lions. It seems like God was God enough to just take that whole thing out of his path. And certainly he was God enough to do that, but he was even more God enough to keep them in the midst of that path. I was reading that story just a few days ago and and uh, I, I read one more time how the king didn't sleep one, one ounce that night, not one wink. And he was apparently from scripture 
if not the first, one of the first that was standing there at that den the next day with great confidence that the God of Daniel had sustained him through the night. Samson had his own problems with the, Philist- with the Philistines at the end of his life. His eyes were plucked out. He was a common slave just grinding at a meal as though he were a common animal. Amen. He had that to face. David had to flee from Saul more than one time to spare his own life. Paul was shipwrecked and beaten and a long detailed list of things that he faced in life. Peter was sent to prison. John was exiled on Patmos and and the list goes on and on and on. And I've often thought about many of these, but when you think about John and what a great contribution John made to the church at large, but most importantly to the church today. And I wonder what would have happened if John had become so caught up in his own personal storm that he refused to allow God to speak to him and flow through him. But somehow, because he was able to keep his heart in check and his spirit right, John merely became a conduit through which God could send a very powerful message of hope to the church today. And so I say, Lord, in the midst of this storm, in the midst of whatever I may face in life, I pray that I don't get so caught up and make this so much about me that I fail to realize you're trying to bring something to fruition not only in my life but to use it in the life of someone else down the road. So despite what we may face, I think perhaps that David summarizes it best in the 34th Psalm in verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He's not just an ever now and then God and some situations he can fix, but others he is perplexed. But many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, he delivereth him out of them all. Someone once penned these words, Jesus Christ is, is, uh, is no security against storms, but he is the perfect security in storms. He does not promise an easy passage, but he does guarantee a safe landing. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 of verse 13, what hope we find. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. How often do we have to pull this first phrase out of the scripture when we feel like we are isolated, when we feel like that life has just called us out of all of the mix And no one has ever faced what we are going through. Paul just kind of clears this up right out of the gate by telling us you will not ever face anything that someone ahead of you has not already faced. They've already walked this way. You may not know them, may have never met them, and we may never meet them. But someone, somewhere, has walked through the very same desert we're walking through right now. Amen. So it's common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I know we as humanity have added our own verse to this verse or added our own subverses or titles to this verse. And, and uh, we have 
almost comedically said, you know, the Lord must really think a lot of me or the Lord must have a whole lot of confidence in me and things of that nature. We've all wondered how much more or how much longer, how much further, but we know that God is a sustaining God and I'm thankful to know that he keeps us through the storms of life. We all know and agree that God is no respecter of persons. Amen. And so even though we sometimes feel victimized or feel like victims, we all have experienced certain seasons of life where it just seems like that we have suffered far beyond the measure of others. Perhaps we're doing that because of the only thing we can measure it by is our social circle. The only thing we can measure that against is just what we have to measure with or measure by. But I will tell you today that the larger picture, in the larger picture, that would not be the case at all. We have seasons where we just simply do not understand why things have been so upended. There's an old song, I think, that bears a tremendous truth within its lyric. The song just simply says, we'll understand it better by and by. Not we'll understand it completely by and by, but we will understand it better. Somewhere the process, in the process of time, time allows us the opportunity to see things a little more clearly. Amen. Uh, There are some things that still I do not understand totally, but I do see more clearly we'll understand it better by and by. To some degree, we may be able to see how God used storms of life to underscore a greater truth, a, a more powerful truth in our lives. God has taken some things and he has worked that to the good We'll talk about that again in just a moment. But God uses some storms, some situations in our lives to bring out some good things in our heart. And so that's why I've got to guard my heart against bitterness. I've, I've got to guard my heart against measuring myself among someone else. And we think about what may we, maybe we have faced in our life. We look across the way and we see someone that seems to have the absence of that in their life. And maybe you're right. Maybe they do have the absence of that particular thing in their life. But if you only knew, if you only knew, if you could get down and talk about uh, the right where the rubber meets the road, the very person that you may, I'll use this word envy very loosely, but the very person or family or situation that you may envy, if you could talk to them heart to heart, you may find that they would gladly trade places with you if you only knew the rest of the story. Sometimes God may take a storm in our life and allow that to move in a direction that he desires for us to move in because we're creatures of comfort. We might as well say amen to that. <laughs> we kind of like what we like. We like it how we like it. And so we're creatures of comfort and so sometimes a storm comes in our life because God is trying to nudge us closer to a purpose that he wants to give birth to in our life. I can tell you that there are many things there are many things in my own life that have that God has given birth to only because he pushed me out of one nest. He pushed me out of one comfort zone. I didn't understand it at the time and almost felt like I was being singled out. 
But what God was really trying to do was give birth to something greater in my life. Amen. I'm I'm just testifying today because I think others can relate to that. We look around us at the time we didn't understand, but we realized in hindsight that God was really trying to do something for our good. And so often problems can point us in a new direction. Trouble can motivate us to change. So I ask myself when things sometimes are going wrong, I'm asking myself, God, are you trying to get my attention? If you, if you are, I want to tune up. I want to lean in. I want to get this. Solomon said in Proverbs 20 and 30, Solomon writes, The blueness of a wound cleanseth away evil. So do stripes, the inward parts of the belly. Another translation, perhaps to bring this home a little closer, says blows that wound cleanse away evil and strokes for correction reach to the innermost part. And so we think sometimes in our seasons of correction that that we don't understand and we don't get it. And, and there's probably many children and in, in us when we were children that really didn't really understand that rod of correction or that word of advice or that punishment that we felt was just too much to bear. And then all of a sudden life just keeps going and the calendar pages keep turning and now we're no longer adolescents but we are adults ourselves and we look back and with great respect we look and we thank those that were that corrective voice in our life that said you can't do this, you can't go there. And so I'm thankful I'm thankful for that. After a serious bout with trouble, uh, sometimes it gets us to the point that we are just kind of open to whatever the Lord would have us do. Whatever you want us to do, that's where I'll go. Certainly Jonah found himself in that condition after a, a bout with some blue wounds. After a bout with some stripes that was placed upon him, the scripture says, and I don't want to take this out of context, but I've, I've often saw the humorous side of this, that not only did Jonah go to Nineveh, but he was three days' journey into Nineveh before he stopped. So he really went to Nineveh. He didn't, just go to the, he didn't just go to the city limit sign and try to holler in, but he went downtown Nineveh. I've got, got to get this right. I got it. I, I got it. I got it. I understand. I understand now, Lord. Sometimes our pride just needs to be plowed under and, and, uh, and the things of this world lose its value. And to be sure, the appetites of sin lose their taste when God has us in that place. It could, God could have kept Daniel out of the lion's den just like he could have kept Paul and Silas out of the jail. He could have kept the three Hebrew children out of the fiery furnace But you see, it was in the end good for all of them to have encountered that. Because it didn't just touch their life, but it touched the lives of those around them. As I mentioned a moment ago, perhaps no one was more moved in the scene at that lion's den than was the king when he said, I knew your God was able. I knew your God was able. Paul and Silas, their encounter in that jail didn't just touch their life. They weren't the only ones delivered that day, but many lives were affected. Some we know. Uh, other names and faces remain somewhat muted to us, but they were touched. They were changed. They were moved. The Hebrew children came out, and so much so, can you imagine the man who was gazing into that fire? Did we not throw three? Behold, I see 
four and the image of the fourth one is likened to the son of man. And so there are others around us that are being affected by how we come through the storm and the fact that God is keeping us in the storm. And so uh, to be sure, we're not necessarily on display. I'm not trying to portray that, but I will tell you that others are watching and they are, they are, they are observing how... <clears throat> how we're walking and so my heart is always touched and I I don't say this as a matter of convenience but I say it sincerely. My heart is always touched when I know families that are going through perilous times in their life and yet they continue to walk right back in the house of God and they don't come sit with their arms folded as though they're mad at the world but I see their hands lifted and tears coming down their face and you know I think in all right, is this okay? In all right, they had a reason to stay home. They had, they, they had a reason. If, even if they did come, they had a reason to just kind of sit uninvolved and unattached. But and just looking at that through human eyes, but they realize there's something beyond this. There's something far more important than what I'm facing here. And so I've got to find the purpose in all of this. And I, in the process, cannot afford to lose myself in all of this. So I will lean in. I will come back. I need the word of God to wash me and cleanse me and touch me. Amen. It was good to go through the storm. The storms tell us what we're really made of. Someone once said, people are like tea bags. If you want to know what's inside of them, just drop them in hot water. (laughs) Oh, how true. How true. How true. So storms bring out things in us, both good and bad, but they bring out things in us. And so if God has ever tested our faith with a problem, then we know that problems reveal they show strengths, they show weaknesses, they, they teach us lessons all along the way. If you haven't had a storm in a while, it's, it's easy to forget how many things around your house are just laying around. We think they're just there pretty secure. Sometimes we set a pot or a potted plant down and I'm using the word we pretty loosely here, but (laughs) I probably just bludgeoned it to death, really. But my wife, more accurately, will take a plant that she's going to leave outside and perhaps she will take a big, heavy rock, set it in in there first and then put the soil and then the plant. and, And all of that is an effort to keep it in place. And so because it's a little hard to drag around, we feel the weight of that when we're moving it from time to time, you think it's just there to stay, but storms can prove otherwise. Storms can prove that it was just a, a rock of security for daily things, but not necessarily for perilous times. Amen. We know they reveal strengths and they reveal weaknesses. James says in chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Verse number two seems somewhat discombobulated without verse number three. If we just peel verse number two out of this passage of scripture, it seems somewhat uh, odd and strange for us to wrap our minds around that. But we know that when we go into these divers or various temptations that God 
is working something in our lives. He is putting something there. The trying of your faith worketh patience. Sometimes storms come in our life and they're there solely just to correct us. They are there to get us back on course. Some lessons we learn only through pain. That's sad, but it's true. It's human nature only through pain. How uh, There's perhaps uh, many of us, if not all of us in this room that would bear some scar or some at least memory of something that you touched that was hot when you were a child, even after your parents said, now don't do that. But you just can't grasp the magnitude of how hot hot really is. And so as a child, in our child likeness, we touch that. But we got the message after we were burned or after uh, maybe we cut our finger on a knife and our parents were saying, you need to put that down. You need to be careful. Things can go wrong and we can't see it at that moment. But sometimes pain or those discomforts of life remind us of the realities of life. And so sometimes we only understand the true value of something by losing it. We never realize the value of it until it is gone. I, I'm, I'm not picking on this, but uh, I mentioned it a moment ago, but you don't realize how many things, how much we depend on electricity. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of how many of you still walk through the house flipping on switches. Or how many times we went to the faucet and turned it on and how many times we thought, I, I reminded the story, I, I didn't hear this, but I was told this years ago when the old white building, when uh, they finally got air conditioned in the building, they had big box fans on stands. I do remember those box fans. And, and it was said that my grandmother, uh, Sister Maddie, come and said, now we need to keep those box fans in case electric ever goes out. <laughs> Can't depend on this air conditioner, but we can depend on them fans. I don't, I don't know who she thought was going to stand behind them and spin them, but we want to, we want to keep these. We want to keep these here. We, we, we don't understand something, the value or the worth of something until it is gone. It is gone, and so we have a great appreciation. Perhaps water never looked so wonderful as it did just a few hours ago for some of you as it come flowing out of that faucet on demand and. And, and just to feel the comfort to come back in your life. It's been a while since we've had a storm. Florida has had a storm, and so we take some things for granted, and that's just human nature. And if it's been a while since you've had a storm, I'm not being unkind to you, but you've probably taken a few things for granted, and things can get upended, and our lives can change in just a matter of moments. Oh, yes, they can. And, and uh I, I say this so many times, not just from this pulpit, but from other pulpits to say that how quickly our lives can change. And, and um, I don't really know how to explain this. Other ministers here could, could certainly relate to what I'm about to say. But sometimes when you say something, you can kind of feel whether or not people believe you. So, so it's kind of received or it's kind of pushed back. I don't know how to put it any other way. And sometimes I've said things like, you don't know how fast your life can change and you just kind of feel that pushback. You're like, well, I don't know. I've I got it together. I've got things. I've got resources. I've got this. I've got that. But you see, it can all change in a matter of moments. And, 
And uh, it, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. Uh, someone may have, and literally people do have billions and billions of dollars. And so I'm not suggesting that they could lose billions of dollars in 30 seconds, but I can tell you that with one doctor's report, it wouldn't matter. So that's what I'm talking about. I, I know some of you were trying to imagine, but how could you just, but I'm telling you that, that things can happen in your life with just one announcement, one sentence, one half page, and it would just change the dynamics of everything. And so it wouldn't matter. It would have no worth. It would have no value. And so I say, Lord, help me to not take for granted the things that you have placed in my life. The psalmist David always expressed himself with such transparent honesty at the risk of his reputation, at the risk at the risk of, uh, of, of his titles and influence. He never took any pains to cover the real, the real truths of his life. In Psalms 119.71, he said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. So David didn't say with bitterness or gall. He didn't say with any animosity in his heart toward the Lord. He said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted because in this I have learned so much about you. Amen. If you've ever been where there were only hands that could hold you were the hands of the Lord, then you understand that God can hold you when nothing else around you is sufficient or substantial enough. It is good for me. I have learned a lot from the Lord. Things uh, that come our way in storms and troubles and trials have the ability to draw us together. I understand almost equally it has the ability to divide but I really see down in the heart of humanity that storms and trouble and trouble and, and strife can really, it has a way of bringing people together. A few weeks ago, as the rains descended upon South Louisiana, Baton Rouge in particular in that area, several of our friends were completely, completely submerged, lost their homes, their churches, and, and it was just amazing to see how people banded together. It didn't have to be people of like precious faith, so to speak. It didn't have to be people of, uh, of any social or economical, economic status. It was just mankind that was looking out for mankind, people coming to the aid of someone else. And, and so we see that storms have the ability to draw us together. When there is a loss, there are those that gather around from far and near. They just press in to help us through those moments. It's human nature to want to be together when trouble is around us. When someone is seriously ill, friends and neighbors gather in to check on them, make sure things are, are, are okay. And it's not uncommon for someone to say, you know what, until you get better, I'm just going to take care of your grass and you're mowing your yard. Until you're better, I'm just going to look after this or I'll, I'll take care of that because problems have a way of just pressing us together. Trouble draws us together. But it doesn't just draw us together. Troubles can draw us closer to the Lord. David said again in the 119th Psalm, he said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But there's something about this affliction that has caused me to want to draw closer to you than I have ever been. Many have called, many, many people have called a preacher in the time of trouble to make things right with God. Regardless of your opinion about that, I'm thankful that, I, that people know where to turn in the times of trouble. 
trouble draws people sometimes to church. That's just a matter of fact. As a matter, as a matter of fact, it may be the catalyst that brought you to a place of repentance and brokenness and restoration in your own life. It's not uncommon to see entire families moved because storms of life came in upon them. Amen. They take a renewed interest in God. And so that problem or that storm had a way of pulling people together. Storms come up. A problem really can be a blessing in disguise, especially if it prevents something more serious from happening in your life. And uh, we've seen many situations in our own lives akin to that, that what we thought was a, a real problem, when we got to digging into it, we realized, wow, I'm glad I caught this now. This could have been very, very serious, so I'm glad I caught this now. A problem can be a blessing, especially if it prevents more trouble or greater trouble down the road. Joseph said to his brothers, and we understand this is the end of the story looking back, and Joseph says, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You thought it was evil. You thought evil against me. You thought to do me harm. But you see, God knew what he was doing all along. And now look around us and we see how many people have been saved from this. The very storm. Amen. What a great, what a great stellar example Joseph is of this. Problems, when they are responded to correctly, they really can build character in us. They can make us different. And so uh, we start our lives out and we intend to do a lot of things, but, but uh, we don't really have the ability to do some things that we intend to do because we just haven't been through enough and we don't have enough experience. Is that right? You can take a good, moral young man, a young lady, and they have great intentions and perhaps they've got all of the, the right ingredients to really be something and be used of God. But you see, God's gonna have to take them through a few things. Life will have to take them through a few things because that's the only way we can get experience. That's the truth, amen. And so God is far more interested in our character than our comfort. And so he says, I need you to be diverted over here. I'm gonna take you through some things and this will, if you'll allow it, this will build character in you that you could get nowhere else. Money cannot buy what I am gonna give birth to in your life. And so you can't find it any other way. It's just something that God will push us and and take us through our relationship to God and, and our character are two very, very important things in life. Our relationship to God and our character. Romans 5 and 3, the Bible says, not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Here again is another, another one of those scriptures that needs a full reading. We glory in tribulations also, and here's why. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience and experience hope <laughs> and so how is it that you find these sage wise men and women that have been serving the Lord for a long long time and, and, and life gets a little turbulent and they just kind of rest easy where did they get that they got it from hope but where did they get hope hope come from experience and that experience was born through a season where they had to be patient. And so hope didn't just drop out of the sky. 
And that calm resolve in their heart didn't just come to them because of their last name. It didn't just come to them uh, by some stroke of genius or accident, but it all came through the trying of their life and the trying of their patience and that patience was, the trying of their patience was given birth to something greater and that was given birth to something greater and that was given birth to something even greater and now we live our lives with hope, our confidence, our trust in Jesus Christ like never before. The psalmist David said in 71 and 19, Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee? Thou which has showed me great and sore troubles shalt quicken me again and shalt bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Here we find the effect of trouble. It's the blessing in disguise. It's those things that God is using to bring something out that would never be there otherwise. It became a benefit to the life of this good servant of God who realized that if it had not been for the peril, I would not have the character. I would not be the person that I am today. Paul emphasized something that we can never afford to forget in Romans 8 and 28. I alluded to it earlier, but all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Faith in God in the times of trouble has the ability to to actually push us further down the road than we would have ever hoped to have been had it not been for that storm. Sometimes it's that surge of problems that help us to focus on the things that are most important. It furthers God's cause in our lives. Philippians 1.12, but I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. So what you thought was going to stop has just spread. What you thought was going to hinder it has just allowed it to flow even greater. In order for God to make manifest the fact that he gives us songs in the night, there must first be a night. Amen. I read an article on something several years ago. I've used this illustration before, but bear with me as I read it again. The Weather Bureau in in the Caribbean uses planes to help keep check on the weather. These planes have learned how to take advantage of cyclone winds in that area. When going north, they get out on the fringes of the cyclone winds and take advantage of the tremendous tailwind. They actually ride the fringe of the storm And in doing so, they save time and fuel. Then coming back south, they get on the other edge and take advantage of the same storm to go in the opposite direction. And so here is the point in all of that is that we can allow the storms to overcome us or we can say, you know what, I'm gonna get a hold of this storm. I'm gonna find somewhere the sweet spot in all of this and I'm gonna allow that to breathe life and to put something in me that I otherwise would have no way of getting. Amen. I'm going to close, but I want you to stay with me for just a moment. We can allow the winds of the storms of life to build us up or to destroy us. Storms do not have to overcome us. They don't have to. It's not the burdens of life that really weigh us down, but really and truly it's how we handle the burdens of life. I've met people that I feel like have gone through so much more than I've ever gone through and what made them the person they are today is not what they went through but it was how they handled what they went through 
Isaiah 40, 31, it's a very familiar passage. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is at, God is at work in our lives even when we don't recognize it. He calls us to rise above it. He called Simon Peter to walk on the ways and not drown in them. And so we're catching a glimpse of the real power to do that when we see the only thing that Simon really needed to do is keep his eyes on the Lord. I know that almost sounds trivial to an adult Bible class, but I'm telling you that we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord. That alone is what gives us the power to rise above and not sink beneath. James 1 and 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And so those who go through the fire should always remember this, that the, the fire is not really to destroy, the fire is to refine. And so trouble is just that journey that God takes us through because he wants to give birth to something greater in our lives. When Adam and Eve were in trouble, God did not abandon them. He stepped in and met their need. Noah's problems were solved by a God who cares. And Joseph was ultimately released from prison and served to be one of the greatest examples and purveyors of truth to ever live. The children of Israel were delivered not only from the Red Sea, but many, many other things that God kept his hand on them. Elijah got God's help getting rain. Paul and Silas were set free from the Philippian jail. And I'm going to tell you today that the saving hand of God for your life is in motion even now. And we have not been abandoned. We have not been forsaken. And if we can keep our heart in touch and in tune with him, we will find something in this storm and we'll understand better. Maybe not completely, but better by and by. Can we stand together? Amen. I wonder if you would help me. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.